0: We've been in the Psalms for a few weeks and we'll continue uh, in the Psalms today. Understanding who God is and what God desires of us is something that we should all pursue. Now, there are some things we talked about some in Sunday school. There are things that are hard to grasp about our God. Uh, There are things that... Uh, about our infinite God that our finite minds can't fully comprehend. However, that does not mean we cannot know God. God has not kept himself hidden from us and left us to just guessing who he is and what he wants from us. Turn with me to Psalm 19. Our sermon is titled, The God Who Reveals Himself. Psalm 19, I'm going to read the 14 verses and pray for us. For the choir director, a psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the work of His hands. Day after day they pour out speech, night after night they communicate knowledge. There is no speech, there are no words... Their voice is not heard, their message has gone out to the whole earth, and their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming from his home. It rejoices like an athlete running a course. It rises from one end of the heavens and circles to the other end. Nothing is hidden from its heat." The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey, dripping from a honeycomb. In addition, your servant is warned by them, and keeping them, there is an abundant reward. Who perceives his unintentional sins? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Moreover, keep your servant from willful sins. Do not let them rule me. Then I will be blameless and cleansed from blatant rebellion. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We confess it again as true. We thank you that you reveal yourself to us, God. Help us see that more clearly as we look at the text today. Help us understand how we should respond. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. The central truth for us as we think about the God who reveals himself is this. God is knowable and has made himself known. God is knowable and has made himself known. I was in sermon prep this week was digging into one of my theology books just to kind of clarify my understanding of a definition that we were going to be looking at. And this was one of the subtitles in the text. And I thought, that's what this text from Psalm 19 is is pointing out to us. That's what we need to walk away with this week is to know that God is knowable and He has made Himself known. So as we work through Psalm 19 and, and some supporting information today, uh, that's what we want to hold on to. The first thing that we see from Psalm 19 is God has revealed himself in his creation. God has revealed himself in his creation. The first six verses say this, the heavens declare the glory of God And the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour out speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge. There is no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out to the whole earth. And their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming from his home. It rejoices like an athlete running a course. It rises from one end of the heavens and circles to the other end. Nothing is hidden from its heat. In theology, there are... Uh, two different ways that God reveals himself. There are definitions for the different ways that God reveals himself. And God's creation, we would say, is part of what's called general revelation. General revelation is where God has revealed himself to all people in all times, in all places in this way. God's creation is, is general revelation. Everyone can look at creation and it is screaming out about the glory of God. It is screaming out about the Creator who has made all things. So if you think about, just for a moment, what is one of the most beautiful scenes that you have seen in nature it could be some place you've gone or just some place you've seen on tv uh but think about of creation of god's natural world what is something that you look at and just think man that is magnificent that is awe-inspiring I love nature. Nature and being out in nature revives me in a way. It restores things in my heart and soul. And so I've spent lots of time out in God's creation. I've walked on the seashore, I've looked across the ocean and, and see nothing else out there listening to the waves. I've walked by streams in the mountains. I would say the most awe inspiring, the most kind of captivating thing that I have ever seen in God's creation is in 2018, Gideon and Josiah and I flew into Flagstaff and we drove to the north rim of the Grand Canyon. And I remember the excitement of like walking the trails to get to the canyon. And seeing it, and just looking so far down, over the edge, way too close for Sarah Grace had she been there. (laughs) We would have never seen or done the things we did. Uh, Looking over, and rightfully so. Uh, looking over the edge and looking at the Grand Canyon was captivating and awe-inspiring. And then the, the next night we drove out, uh, away from where we were camping and went out to kind of where we entered into the park at the North Rim and parked our car and sat under the clear, like, clearest sky with no light pollution around and we sat under the Milky Way because it was clear and didn't even realize it. And as we were sitting there looking up, watched a meteor shower, just shooting stars going across the sky. It was captivating. God's creation is all inspiring But it's not just awe-inspiring in a sense of like, wow, that's really cool. For people who are seeking God and want to know God, it is Pointing us to the Creator of all of those things. It's pointing us because they can only be the things that captivate us in the beauty of nature, in flowers and birds and and mountains and streams. Those can only be a glimmer of God's glory. All of His creation is screaming out, look at God's glory. Think of the God who could make something like this. Verse 2 says, day after day they pour out speech. Night after night they communicate knowledge. That word pour in Hebrew is actually, kind of more literally, they gush forth. It's like a, a spring bubbling up and then flowing out, gushing forth to all of creation. It is pouring forth evidence of the God Who created it? Verse three does detail the fact. Well, yes, there's no actual voice, there's no actual words, but verse four says the message is there, right? That their message, the message of creation, has gone out to the whole earth to the ends of the world. There is not one place in this world, there's not one person in this world that can't look at creation and be shown evidence of God's glory. In verse 4 through 6 picks up specifically on the sun and saying, there the sun itself runs its course day in and day out over and over and over again. It is a constant reminder of the glory of God. It's a constant reminder of the Creator who has made all of these things. And verse 6 says there is not one thing in this world that is hidden from the impact of the sun. The whole earth is is shaped and impacted by the sun, by its heat, by its light. God's creation is crying out about the glory of God. And since that is true, since God has revealed Himself in His creation, I would encourage us as followers of God to pay attention not to worship creation but to pay attention to creation and to let it remind us of the greatness of our God. Let it draw us in to awe for the Creator who has made everything. That's what David is spending in these first six verses. It's just a reminder of the awe that creation is constantly pointing out to all of us about who God is. So this week... Watch the sunrise. Watch the sunset. Probably the sunrise because it's too hot at sunset still. So watch the sunrise. If you can't sit out under the stars, look at, look at something on TV. There's access to things of nature and use that just as a tool to be amazed at who God is. Be amazed at the creator God who has made it all. Let it draw you in to awe and worship because that's what it's done for David. Remember, this is a praise As he's declaring these things about God's creation, it is a song of praise. And so let yourself be in awe and praise the God who made it all. The second truth that we have in this text is this God has revealed himself in his word. God has revealed himself in his word. Verses seven through 11, second part of the psalm. The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They are more desirable than gold than an abundance of pure gold and sweeter than honey dripping from the honeycomb. In addition, your servant is warned by them and in keeping them, there is an abundant reward. So God has revealed himself in his creation And He has revealed Himself in His Word. Because the reality is, creation shows us so much about the Creator God and draws us in and and awes us for the One who made it all. But it does not teach us about God's plan for us. It does not teach us about the, the faithful love that God has for us. And so God continues in his love and care for us. He continues to reveal himself in ways. And so he reveals himself in his word. This is a deeper way of knowing God. This would fall under what would be called special revelation. So general revelation is Revelation to all people at all times in all places about God. Special revelation is uh, is a revelation of God to certain people in certain places in certain times. So it gets more personal here. And you can even see that in the way that David speaks of God. In the first part of the psalm, the heavens declare the glory of God God, David uses the, the name of God, El, a kind of general name for God. But here, as he starts to talk about the God who has revealed himself in a very special way to his people, in a very specific way, in his word, he uses the very personal name of God. He uses Yahweh over and over and over again in this section. This is the personal God who has made Himself known to His people. The God who uh, has steadfast love for His people. The God who is redeeming His people. And so over and over again, David uses the name Yahweh six times in three verses to talk about the personal relationship and the personal revelation God has for his people. This is the God who has redeemed them and instructed them. And so look at in verses seven through nine. There are these three different sets of couplets uh, of descriptions of different names for God's word, descriptions of what it does, how it impacts us. So, the different names for given for God's Word, the instruction of the Lord, the testimony, the precepts, the command, the fear of the Lord, the ordinances of the Lord. David trying to kind of capture the ideas that are wrapped up in his Word. And so he uses all these different words to describe it. And then... He goes on to go into greater descriptions of what God's Word is. God's Word is perfect. God's Word is trustworthy. God's Word is right. It is radiant. It is pure and reliable. Why is that true of God's Word? Why is God's Word perfect and trustworthy and right and radiant and pure? Because that's who God is. God's Word comes from Him. It is breathed out by God, is what we believe Scripture teaches us. It is breathed out by God. And so His Word is going to be evidence of who He is. God is perfect. God is perfect trustworthy god is right god is radiant god is pure and reliable and righteous and so he's revealing us revealing to us those details about who god is and then we see in the end of each of these couplets what it does how it impacts us, how it impacts people's lives, it renews us, it makes us wise, it makes the heart glad, it makes the eyes light up, it endures forever, it's altogether righteous, it warns us, and in following it, we are given a great reward. So David goes on and on about how the Word of God impacts us. It is vital to our lives to reveal who our God is because He's the God who has spoken this and to instruct us in what He desires from us over and over and over again. It's telling us, this is who I am and this is what I want from you. This is what I desire from you and for you. And David then burst into just kind of a declaration of treasuring the Word of God and treasuring the God who has given Himself. Right? So, verses 10. In verse 10, we see it's more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey, dripping from a honeycomb in the most expensive of things that you could fathom in this world right now. David says, God's Word is more valuable than the greatest supply of that. The greatest supply of the purest of gold. God's Word is worth so much more than that. And then picking up on, uh, on something from nature... Honey from the honeycomb. We went to a, a honey harvesting event. And one of the things that they allowed us to do was to eat a, a bite of the honeycomb uh, right after they harvested it. It's so sweet. And David says, God's word is sweeter than that. Think of the sweetest thing. Uh, it satisfies us in a way that we could never understand or imagine because it is so good and so true and so important for us it is vital to help reveal who God is and what he desires of us the reality is of course not everyone has access to it we have an abundance of access to God's word many of you likely have multiple Bibles in your home We have access to Bible apps that we can get countless translations. We can do all kinds of comparisons. We constantly have access to God's Word, but there are parts of the world that still don't have access to God's Word. That's why translation work is such an important thing, because God's Word is revealing His love to us. It's revealing who our God is and how we can be saved, how we can have a relationship to him. The ladies, I know when some of you ladies went to the IF streaming event, or IF women's conference, one of the things that they were supporting there was the Illuminations 12-verse challenge. Uh, the, the ladies in the IF conference were trying to say that in 10 years, of all the evidence that we have, we think in 10 years we can, if we work together, have translations of God's Word in every language that doesn't currently have God's Word in their language. If we work together uh, at least a portion of a gospel to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, we've supported here, Faith Comes by Hearing, the ministry that works on Lots of different things, but getting God's word in the hands of people who desperately need it. One of their things, they're saying again, 10 years, if we work together, we can have God's word available in audio recordings in every people group who don't have God's word right now. And so those are a couple of the, the ministries you could support if you wanted to support uh, translation work. To say, God, your word is vital for my life. And so I want other people to have that same experience. For us personally, I would challenge you with spending time in God's word regularly. Keep learning about who God is. Keep learning what it is that God desires from you. If you don't currently have a a regular time that you're spending in God's Word, you could join us in our 5x5x5 challenge. We started this at the beginning of the year. And you can jump in at any point in time with this. A chapter a day, which typically would take you about 5 minutes, Five times a week. And if you will do that for a year, you will read through the whole New Testament in a year. And so if you haven't stuck with this or haven't, uh, weren't here when we started this, we have copies of this out at the Welcome Center. You can pick one up and use this as a way to get back into God's Word because it's so important for us to know who our God is and what He wants for us. And as you read, ask, what does this show me about my God? What does this show me about what he desires from me? Now, before we continue on in this psalm, I do think it's important that we pause and recognize that God has revealed himself in a way to us that the Old Testament saints were looking forward to and we are looking back on. And that is this. God has revealed Himself in His Son. God has revealed Himself in His Son. So in Jesus Christ, God has revealed Himself. Hebrews 1, 1 through 1-3. Long ago... God spoke to the fathers by prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The son, that's Jesus, the son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature. We'll stop there. Jesus Christ is God's Son. He is the eternal, divine Son of God who existed always with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. And God has revealed Himself in a way by sending God the Son to earth. As Jesus Christ came and walked among us, lived among us, in order to redeem us, He is revealing to us so much about the triune God that we worship. In Jesus, we see God's love. We see God's compassion. We see his righteousness, his justice, and so much more. In Jesus, Hebrews says, we see God's glory on full display. Jesus, the Son of God, is the exact expression of, Not like a kind of gives us an idea of God. He is the exact expression of God's nature. Dane Ortland, in his book Gentle and Lowly said this, Jesus Christ is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. In Him we see heaven's eternal heart walking around on two legs In time and space. I love that. In him, in Jesus, we see heaven's eternal heart walking around on two legs in time and space. God has revealed himself to us in his son. Gentle and lowly is a tremendous resource if you have not read or studied that. We walked through that as a group. There was a group of us here that went through Gentle and Lowly on Sunday nights about a year ago. Uh, What a a wonderful resource to help us know about our Savior, to help us know how Jesus is revealing God's heart for us. And so I still have copies from that. If you were not able to be a part of that, or you weren't here when we walked through uh, Gentle and Lowly Together, you can see me. I have copies that I can share with you uh, if you want to Learn more about what God is revealing to us about Himself through His Son. Now, let's go back to Psalm 19. David. Centuries before Jesus has come is talking and praising God and and remembering the ways that God has revealed himself. So he's shared. God has revealed himself. He's making himself known in his creation and screams out about his glory. And God has revealed himself in his word. He's given us his pure and true and trustworthy word to guide us into the life that He desires for us. And so that leads us to the question, then how do we respond? How do we respond to the God who reveals Himself? And that's where David takes us in the, the rest of the psalm. And reflecting on the God who reveals Himself, he starts to ponder, what does that then mean for my life? How should I respond To the God who has revealed himself to me. And so in verse 12 through 14 we read this. Who perceives his unintentional sins? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Moreover, keep your servant from willful sins. Do not let them rule me. Then I will be blameless and cleansed from blatant rebellion May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So how do we respond to the God who has revealed himself? One of the main ways that David sees the appropriate response is to pursue a life of obedience. Pursue a life of obedience. So in thinking of the God who has revealed His glory, who has given instruction, first kind of recognizes in Himself, I am so far below what He wants of me. Even unintentionally, there have to be ways that I have gone against God's perfect will for me. And so He says, cleanse me from my hidden faults. There are... Things that I have unintentionally done that were opposed to this perfect and holy God. And so I, I'm asking you, God, please cleanse me from those things. Forgive me for those things. But not only that, he's recognizing, but I'm also intentionally rebellious at times. And so he prays for God to keep him from those willful sins. Would you guard me? from running in opposition to what it is you've called me to do? Would you protect me from that, God? Don't let those things, don't let the blatant rebellion that is so common in fallen man, don't let that rule over me. And so in a summary of all of this, he says... May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. He's, he's telling God what, what I want to do is I want to honor you with everything. The things that I do, the things that I say, the things that go on in my heart and mind. I want to live a life that honors you, God, with everything. And then the second thing we see is in those final words of Psalm 19 the second thing for us to do is to cling to him cling to God as our rock and our redeemer that's so what David's doing in these final words is he's made this request as he's pondered the God who reveals himself who doesn't keep himself hidden As he has been praising God for all of these things, he's clinging to the Lord who is his rock, his foundation, his stone that cannot be moved, and the one who redeems him, the one who makes him right. And so those are the appropriate responses for anyone to follow God the God who has revealed Himself, the God who's showed us who He is and what He's done for us and what He desires for us, we pursue a life of obedience and we cling to Him as our rock and our Redeemer. Remember our central truth that we started with today. God is knowable and has made Himself known. God is knowable and has made Himself known. We don't have to live our lives screaming up to heaven, Who are you? What do you want from me? Because we have a God who has revealed Himself out of His faithful love. Out of His care for us. He has shown us who He is. What He's done for us and what He desires from us. He has shown us in His creation. He has shown us in His Word. He has shown us in His Son. All in order to have a relationship with us. And if you're here and you're thinking, I don't have that kind of relationship. I don't truly know the God that, that they, they're talking about. I don't know Him this way. I don't know Him in this personal way. That's what we want to do is come alongside of you and help you grow in your knowledge of who God is, what He's done for you, and what He expects of you. It's our desire of discipleship here at Dogwood Church is to help us grow in those understandings. And so if you're sitting here thinking, I don't have that kind of personal relationship See me, see one of the elders and just say, I'd like to continue to grow in my understanding of who God is. I'd like to talk with you about what God has done for me. We would love to spend some time in discipleship with you to help you grow in your understanding. Church, for us, let's keep learning about the God that has revealed himself to us. Let's keep learning. Let's keep growing and pursuing a life of obedience through his Holy Spirit that's working in us as a way to say, I want to live my life, every aspect of it, as a way to honor you, God. Everything I say, everything I do, everything I think, I want to honor you with the life that I have. And as we do that, let's keep clinging to him because he truly is our rock and our Redeemer. Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You for the truth that You've given us. Thank You for the the revelation of who You are. Thank You that we don't have to sit in wonder. Continue to work in us. Continue to shape us into the people that you desire us to be. Continue to just help us have an awe of you, God. And then use us for your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.